You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 464. Guy is tan, rested, and ready. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 464 in the continuing craziness that is known as podcasting on this side of the planet. I have no idea what that means. However, I have a special guest since, since Gaz is out of town. Now, I wasn't on last week because I had gone down to Florida. But uh, Gaz carried on with Will Green, and I have decided to keep the UK connection going, as I have Bart Bouchotts this week. How you doing, Bart? I am doing just fine, but I am not in the United Kingdom. Oh, that's right. You're in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, about a hundred years ago, uh, the Irish had a little <laughs> bit of a fight with the English, and we sort of gave them the boot. Ah, yeah. We, you know, we had a similar problem, like some 200 plus years ago. Yeah, you guys bet us to the punch there. Yeah, well, part of it also was that, that, you know, you guys were so much closer, which which made it harder to, you know, they could always go, oh, we need more troops there. Bing, there they go. You know? Oh, look, there's the gunboat. <laughs> whereas, whereas in the U.S. it was like, uh, more troops. Uh, let's see, we got this message about two months ago. So those people that sent, you know, asking for help are probably dead. Yeah, not to mention that they were probably saying, oh, we could send the troops over to the Americans, or we could send them over to Ireland for those bloody Irish people. (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess you have to pick your battles. Exactly. Yeah, that's how it goes. So anyway, um, as I was saying, I I just got back from from Florida uh, Friday night. uh, My wife and and my one son, Peter, we were down there for about a week. We went to Daytona. I posted some pictures of beautiful sunsets and or sunrises uh, over in the Daytona area on in G+. So if you are a G+, user, please go over and look for the My Mac Podcast G+, community page, and we have a lot of fun with that. Um, you know, of course, if all you want to see are beautiful pictures of sunsets, then you can probably find those on the internet and no one cares. But... <laughs> we uh like uh, I have a lot of family that that's like in the Daytona area. So my my nephew uh Jeff managed to get a hold of of everybody that we still have on the east coast of Florida and we all met at his house um last last weekend. And oh, we had such a great time. It was good to see you know, my my brother Bill who I've actually had here on the show. Uh my my two his two sons, my two nephews and and just you know their families and all the rest of it. And it was such a great time. And then, of course, we went over to Orlando and went to, we had a three-day pass for Universal and uh, Universal Studios Islands of Adventure with these two really cool theme parks. Mostly because my wife, Tracy, wanted to go and see the, the new Harry Potter ride. Oh, that should be fun. Yeah, it was. And it was really, really well done. It was kind of a mix of... um actual physical sets and like kind of 3d screens and you slide between them and it's relatively seamless, but it it was a lot of fun. And, uh, we had a really good time. 
I'm not sure the sort of the standard Hogwarts dress is entirely appropriate to Florida, though. No, no. Uh, and, you know, they have these these cast members. You know, they get these people that are, you know, dressed in the the, the clothes from the particular area that you're in. So, and, so the black robes in right. the sunshine. Yeah, great. <laughs> with, yeah, the, with the long sleeves. And I could, I just looked at these people and it was like, you have got to be burning up. You've got Maybe to be like burning up. air conditioned or something in there. Maybe there's like cold water circulating inside the sleeves. Well, you know, some of the, um, uh, like you, you've seen the people like in costume as they're, you know, Bugs Bunny or, or, um, uh, like Transformers, which was a, a new ride they had over at the other side of the park or, or basic, you know, any of these cartoon characters that they have rides to, they mm-hmm. actually do have little air conditioners built into those costumes. Oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah. Well, apparently people were like, some of these cast members were like passing out from, you know, the, the accumulated heat of, you know, the big costume yeah, and there's no, and there's no airflow. Yeah. It, it, I couldn't do it. You Well, I'm slightly claustrophobic, so that probably wouldn't help. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was, it was a lot of fun and we, we got back uh, late Friday night uh, today as we recorded Sunday, June 30th. And I kind of had the feeling that, that, that gas wasn't going to be able to do it. And so I, I really appreciate you coming on Bart. Hey, no, it's it's good fun. Uh, we, you've been on uh, some of my shows in the past, and yes. so it seems only fair to return the favor. <laughs> um, what what's going on? You know, I've I've uh, I've been yakking now for you know God knows how long about you know my fabulous trip to Florida. But uh, well, what's what's going on in your life? It's nothing quite as sunny. Uh, well, um, it is Ireland. Yeah, well, I think the most quote-unquote exciting thing I managed to do was bust my knee by falling off my bike as if I was a 12-year-old again. Ooh. Which is, uh, I'm still not entirely sure how it happened, but I do remember hitting the ground quite hard. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. Did the tomato go flying out just before you hit? <laughs> Monty Python reference for people who don't get yeah, that. No, it, it's... I don't know, I was, I was making a turn, so I had one hand on the handlebars and was looking behind me to make sure the coast was clear, and then I was on the ground. So I'm mm. guessing something hit the front wheel, or I don't know. Um, so when I finished picking the gravel out of my leg, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's been interesting. Um, other than that, I got my first ever solid-state hard drive, which I stuck into my MacBook Pro, which was just old enough to, for me to be able to do that, if you get what I mean. Yeah. It was the last model that you can take the back off and swap it in. So now an i7 with um, a Kensington Hyper X solid mm. state drive. So it's it's a pretty quick machine now. It's, so have you have you noticed a really big difference? Oh, the, night and day. Um, like stuff like installing Aperture, it just took no time. You know, installing iWork, it was done. How could that be done? And there's no noise from the machine. There's none of that little scratchy scratchy noise when you open an app. It's just right. click the button and there's the app. And the terrible downside is having spent only over a hundred euro on the drive, I now find myself thinking, hmm, my Core 2 Duo 27-inch iMac is feeling very sluggish now. Maybe I need a new iMac. (laughs) So it could be a very expensive solid-state drive is what it could be. Well, it's not the drive itself. It's all the peripherals that you think you need afterwards. Right, yeah. (laughs) Like new computers in comparison. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say I have bought my last spinning hard disk based computer. Mm. Well, you know, I've what? I've got this this older it's a 2008 Mac Pro, and uh, I keep waiting for those really inexpensive two two terabyte uh, 
did, uh, I, don't know, I can't even SSD. say. Yeah, SSD, SSD drives to replace them. I figure it's going to cost me, uh, what, two, three hundred US dollars for four of them? Yeah, that, that's a lot of terabytes to get on a solid state. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think you may be waiting a while. I think this concept of a hybrid drive might save you, but other than that, long wait, I think. Well, but even then, you're not going to get like the blazing speed. Not on everything, but I, I have a feeling a lot of stuff on your drive sits unaccessed for a very long time. Mm. Well, do, now they don't, uh, Apple doesn't actually sell the hybrid drives, do they? The fusion drives? Well, they sell them in the sense that if you buy a new computer, you can have one in it. But right. uh, yeah, you can't go to the Apple store and say, I'd like a Fusion Drive, please. <laughs> Cha-ching! What about, uh, is there, are there any companies that make anything like the Fusion Drive? I think there are, actually, but I don't know. You see, they're at an instant disadvantage because they don't have the tie-in to the OS. Right. So, so they can't be quite as cool as the Apple ones. I but. hate when that happens. Well, you know, you know, it's plausible that someone, if someone figures out Apple's APIs and things, someone could clone, I guess, the Apple drives. But I, I haven't seen that yet. But the Apple, all, all Apple has to do is just change the API a little bit, and then you know that <laughs> manufacturer's yeah. screwed. Yeah, yeah, and then it wouldn't be the first time, would it? No, no. As a matter of fact, we're we're going to talk about something similar to that in just a little bit. Uh, let's let's go on over to the MyMac.com recent articles. Uh, I'll grab the first one here. It's from Yanni Dankelo. It's Flame Painter from Escape Motions. And he writes, When I first saw Flame Painter by Escape Motions, I didn't know what to make of it. Is it a paint program? Is it an effects program? Well, after playing with it for several weeks, I'm leaning more toward the effects program, although, although there are some great examples of it being a paint program, on the company website. And you know what? What I didn't do? I did not put what uh, what rating they gave these programs. <laughs> ah, because sometimes I am just that kind of Florida guy. A Floridian. Uh, Donnie gave that a 6 out of 10. And can you grab the next one there, Bert? Uh, oh, I'm very bad at reading out loud. Uh, well, I'll give it a go. Okay. Uh, Portrait Plus for Mac by Arcsoft by uh, Kirk Blanchard. Um, facial... Uh, fa- yeah, okay, I managed to screw up the second word. That's, That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> facial- this is that type of podcast. Oh, good. Uh, facial enhancement on photographic portraits is a process that requires skill, experience, and patience. I can attest to that. Hmm. Uh, removing a blemish is relatively easy, but getting skin smoothing and shine removal done well is more difficult. Uh, a little insert here from me. Unless you like the alien look, that's easy. Right. Uh, One-click haste, one-click facial enhancement with Portrait Plus is instant, and the results are startlingly effective. And what rating did that get? Oh, he gave that a seven, a seven out of ten. This is kind of a light week for my Mac stuff. The last one we have is a tech fan from not Time Robertson, but <laughs> Tim Robertson. And the name of this particular episode is Why Nick is Wrong. Tim Robertson and David Cohen talk language, iTunes U, the new app Minute, independent apps, uh, modding, in-app purchases, Steam, parenting, iTunes radio, Nick Rock, Nick Rock. Well, we are, we're on the Flintstones now. Nick Rodriguez and more. And somehow they managed to, uh, to get that under an hour. That's a lot of content for, for one, for one single wow. podcast. 
Ah, so that's basically it for uh, the MyMac.com website. Uh, we've got some stuff from the, the Google Plus community. Please go on over. If you are a G Plus user and uh, join in on the fun, people commented on a couple of the vacation pics I posted. Klaus Wolf felt jealous based on the sunrise pic and commented that his daughter doesn't fly well. And to my advice to him is that Gene splice wings and practice, Klaus. That's all you need. Also, Carl Madden was glad to hear that I returned safely. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, that is nice. Uh, we got some feedback from Twitter. Dorothy Yamamoto sent a pic of a stand called Soul Burger talking about... Um, boy, did I write... I wrote that so badly, didn't I? She sent a pic of a, of a hamburger stand called Soul Burger and was talking about if it was the best burger, asking if we would agree. There. I... I, I kind of edit on the fly edit on the but i really screw you know obviously people can't see the the stuff we write in the show notes though (laughs) well yeah yeah also but i guess up until a few minutes ago that wasn't necessarily true but we're not going to talk about that (laughs) Um, privacy settings that's right that's right uh we also got lots of feedback concerning having uh will green on with gaz last week Fitz thinks that he should be a regular Mark Shepard believes that the background hum noise was Will's fault and can't decide whether uh, Will or myself is crazier. And Eric Diaz likes the filter that Gaz used as he couldn't hear me at all. (laughs) Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. You're a good guy. Shame you steal. Anyway. Um, that's, that's kind of it for, for all the stuff we got here in the, uh, in the first section there, Bart, you got anything that you got anything else? Nope. Okay. Well, in that case, you know what it is we say when when we're leaving from one section to another? Can I admit that I don't? Yeah, sure. Sure. Hardly anybody who comes on this show other than Gaz and I do. Uh, What we typically say is stand by to stand by and we'll be right back. I think we probably stole that from someone else. It's a cool line, though. Hey, Tim. Huh? Tim, we're going to do the show. Oh, I'm, dude, I'm playing Boba Fett Pinball, man. But, Tim, it's time for us to record Tech Fan. Well, this is about... Oh, dang it. Oh, it went in the Sarlacc pit. I hate when that happens. Tim, um, Tim I know you like pinball, but we need yeah. to do our show. We need okay. to talk about technology and, and gadgets uh, and even video thing. games, even pinball. And, oh, did you say something about pinball? Yeah, I did, but you weren't listening. Hmm. I think I'm gonna. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tech I think it's gonna be a solo show. Go Boba Fett. Oh, huh? I'm sorry. I'll put this down. What? Let's record a show. It's the Tech Fan Podcast right here on the Stoplight Network. The G-Men. It's not that they're any good. It's just that the other podcasts suck. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, Bart was was crazy enough to stay with us, uh, even after about the 15-minute conversation he and I had before we started recording again. Huh. And uh, now, I was, uh, for some reason, I thought you were associated with 1Password, but you're not. I like them a lot. 
Yeah. Oh, I love the program. And I figured, you know, once you had told me that you were going to be coming on, now, now Gaz and I kind of covered this a couple of weeks ago, but mm. not in, in great details, talking about how something gets Sherlock. Um, yeah. but you know, even though you're not you're not part of One Password, you probably have a much greater insight as a developer for iOS than either Gaz or I would. So, so let me ask you this: Now, Apple is including. Uh, a password manager in OS 10 Mavericks. And, and how does that affect development of a product that's you know, like one password or uh, have you ever heard of total finder? Uh, well, I haven't used that particular one, but I, I'm familiar with the sort of a couple of these, you know, no, finder plus tabs. Plus kind of apps. Right. Right. Or uh, I use another one called second bar to put the menu bar across my, my second monitor. That now, one there would be pretty Sherlock out of it, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm think, I'm thinking that that one's going to get killed. Um, but what, what can developers do of products like, like, you know, Total Finder or One Password going forward? And you know, what do you think is the added functionality that's there in a program like One Password that makes it better than what Apple might offer? I think sort of how how badly Sherlock you can get, I think, depends on whether you're aiming at the average user or whether you're aiming at the power user, because Apple tends to come in on Sherlock sort of the common denominator. You know, when they brought in Time Machine, it didn't kill Super Duper or Carbon Copy Cloner, because those apps simply do more than Apple did. But if you had been selling you know, a backup app that's just one giant big button or something very straightforward, you'd be in big trouble because Apple just made it, like, as easy as you plug in a drive. Apple says, how about backing up to here? And you say, okay, then. And that's it, you're done. Right. But the biggest effect it actually has is to introduce a whole bunch of people to the concept of backup. So if you're providing a high-end backup client, you may actually get more business out of being quote-unquote Sherlock's. Because lots of people now get the idea, oh, this backup thing's kind of important. I should do that. And they do it, and then they think to themselves, but apparently you need to have an off-site backup. Time Machine can't do that. No, no, it can't. Or maybe I need a bootable backup. Time Machine can't do that either. And, <laughs> you know, and as people get into it, you know, not everyone who uses Time Machine needs any more than Time Machine, but some people will. You actually might find that Time Machine is sort of actually helping to advertise the need for your entire space of product. I mean, did iPhoto kill Photoshop? I think not, but it may have encouraged a lot more people to start editing photos. No, we, we just wish it would have. Well, yeah, no, I, I don't do the whole Adobe thing. I, <laughs> someday I will find an Adobe product I like, but that day is not today. Uh, you know, I um, just to go slightly off, off topic, I keep looking... For because I, I I don't have the the full version of Photoshop. I've got Photoshop Elements, but even there, I find that what Adobe does and what so many of these these big software developers do is in order to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In, in order to justify having a new version, <laughs> not only not only will they throw in these obscure you know parts that most people won't use, they'll completely change the interface just to make it look like they've done something. Microsoft Office is a great example of that with the, yeah, the hated really what you ribbon, want. ribbon interface. Yeah. What you want is for your UI to keep randomly changing depending on where you click in the document. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, That's yeah. not a good thing. I mean, who uh, needs muscle memory? Yeah, or uh, I don't know if you ever used uh, SharePoint. I am lucky to say I have not. Oh, it's just awful. And it was and, and the ribbon interface made it worse because it's it's one of these programs by Microsoft that that if you really have a need for it, then it's it works okay. Um but it's not easy. Yeah, it, it's basically it, it's a kind of a content management program without having anything like HTML5 or you know things that were created to actually make content management easier but you know they 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 throw in this this user interface it's like oh well you can do this and you can do this and you can just send it to that person and just send it to that person the problem is in order to do all these cool things you have to learn like almost an entire new scripting language it seems like and it's like why can't you just tie it into to people's email address and and give us a simple interface for doing that and that i only want these people with this email address to be able to edit the content or view the content, you know, but no, it, it's got to be this, well, let's make groups and let's do this and let's do that. And, oh, look, you can even do this and look at these bells and whistles. It's like, God, just leave me the hell alone. Well, <sighs> I, I think it's sort of the idea of we need to design a product that will work in the world's largest enterprise. Great. It works in the world's largest enterprise with all these, you know, processes and all these kind of things in place. Doesn't work so good when you're not the world's largest enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off. Well, no, actually, no. I guess I did. <laughs> I, I do yeah. that. I, I tangent quite a bit. It's a good tangent, though. Um, so, the, yeah, so what, the other sort of thing, though, if, you, if you're going to get Sherlocked, Apple tend to leave a little bit of air for people by focusing just on their stuff. Right. Apple are not making a password manager that will work between Windows and the Mac. No, that's not their thing. They don't do that kind of thing. But they don't so, care about windows yeah unless exactly. it makes them money yeah so generally speaking if you're doing something that's syncable you're probably fairly safe from being completely sherlock because apple aren't going to steal that from you it's very unlikely they are so if you look at the the, the one password specific example apple's doohickey is you know with a few extra tweaks to the ui it's basically just a re- resumption of uh, keychain syncing like we used to have on, was it dot .Mac or was it on Mobile Me? Uh, it, I think was, it was uh, Mobile, mobile me, me Yeah, I think it also existed in the dot .Mac days, where they would just sync over your keychain, which is great, but that's kind of all it did, and it just went Mac to Mac. Now, in this case, we're going Mac to iOS, which is a nice touch, but what if you like Firefox? Yeah. No good to you? Nope. Let alone, what if you have a Galaxy Nexus or whatever phone? Hmm. Let alone if you're a Windows user. You know, so, so there's all of this air left. Um, and one of the things I just adore about 1Password, and that I, I will not use a password manager that doesn't have the ability to have the 1Password the Anywhere contraption where you basically have a HTML file in your Dropbox folder. So you go to a web browser, you go to Dropbox, you click on that little HTML, email file, you log in with your password and it decrypts your passwords for you in the browser. If right. you can't do that, that means I can't go visit relatives and quickly check a password. I mean, I or don't quickly live in a visit world. a website or, or what have you. Exactly. So no one lives in a world where there is all, where they always have a Mac with them. Or even if all of your relatives own a Mac, you don't have an account on all of your relatives' Macs. So there's nothing for iCloud to sync to when you're not at home or when you don't have your own devices. 
So I just, you know, it's going to be really convenient because I'll populate the keychain from 1Password and it'll magically carry over to iOS. Great, but I'm not getting rid of 1Password because I still want to be able to go everywhere else. And the the other obvious thing then is 1Password, yeah, it's good at passwords, but that's not, you know, it doesn't just do website passwords, which is really, you're getting website passwords and you're getting credit card numbers from Apple and you have the concept of secure notes you could make as well. But there's a lot more stuff in my 1Password library than just those kind of things. Um, now, I'm particularly nerdy individual since my daily job is being a Linux sysadmin. So for me, actually, you know, normal website passwords make up about 50% of my 1Password uh, vault. MySQL password, server password, software licenses, serial numbers of hardware, bank account details, utility account details, all that kind of stuff is in there too. And I could throw that on into secure notes, but it wouldn't really be a very nice interface. No. And again, it would be stuck on you know my Apple products. Yeah, so, Safari only. Yeah, so so for me, really, I don't see one password being in any danger here, and I see a big upside for them because all of these ye, ye ordinary Mac users are going to get used to the idea of password syncing, and then they're going to go to Windows, and they're going to go what the. Uh? <laughs> and then they're going to go Googling and the one passwords, uh, the what's that other one everyone loves? Oh, like, um, something pass left, pa- not last pass, last pass. Yes. These guys, I mean, they're, they're going to be at the top of those search results and they're going to do well out of this. So I think there's a silver lining there. And I know that the one password guys, uh, I don't know if it was that they released a statement to the media or that they had a blog post about it, but they basically said as much. They said, actually, we think it's great. It proves that what we're doing is worthwhile because Apple think it's worthwhile. And lots more people are going to start syncing their passwords. It's great. Win-win. Well, it's what they should be doing anyway. Um, you know, I mean, let's let's face it. There's, and you've talked about this on, on Allison Sheridan's show, the No Silicast podcast, hosted at podfeet.com. You're welcome, Allison. With an ever so slight Macintosh bias, <laughs> um, which I I love that show by the way. You and I were talking about that because uh, I think you're you're thinking about starting uh, a couple of new podcasts, and but yeah, you didn't you didn't want to give up that biweekly gig with no, with no Alice. Yeah, no matter what I do going forward, I, I unless I, you know unless Allison forces me to stop doing it, there's no way I'm stopping contributing to the Nacella cast. It is. Every second weekend, I look forward to getting to spend an hour chatting with Allison. Oh, it's uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've I think I've done like maybe two or three with her at most. But you know, anytime because she had the last one I was on, she had a guest that she wasn't sure was going to like make it on time, yeah. and she was like, "Oh, please, do you have anything that that you know you could you could bring in and do an interview?" It's like you know, Allison, for you, I'll I'll make something up. You know, even if it's like complete nonsense, you know, I, well, you take the tab A and stick it in the doohickey B, and then you end up with this secure network that will transmit to Mars. You know, I mean, just make something up. I'll talk about that for an hour. I don't care. It's just so much fun to be on the No Silicast podcast. Well, this one's so easy to talk to that. Yeah. She's going to wheedle something interesting out of you, even if you had no idea there was something interesting in there. True. That is very, very true. Um. Boy, we just keep going off on, on different subjects, don't we? Are we on tangents, two tangents at this stage? I think so. <laughs> this would be embarrassing if it weren't true. And it is true. It is true. Um, now, we were, we were talking about 
some of the different things that that one that one password does and you know the, the whole thing that that you've talked about on Allison's show which which is I think is where that tangent started <laughs> in the first place was that people who use just one or two or three passwords for for everything that they do online you're you're basically just asking for trouble and looking to suddenly have to go and completely uh wipe out your credit cards and, and your online history because someone has hacked you. And programs yeah. like LastPass and 1Password help with that because they'll suddenly give you you know, 14 to 20 character completely secure, I think it's 256-bit encryption uh, passwords that you know, it would be almost impossible for, for anyone to, to, to guess what that is other than like a brute force method. Which would you know with a fourteen to twenty character random password would would take far longer than uh, than yeah uh, you're talking longer than the age of the universe really yeah yeah so you know you're you're quite safe even if computers keep getting faster which inevitably will right now pretty pretty much the worst possible thing you can do is to have a password on your email account go to a website sign up to that website using that email address as your your username slash how you know the, the associated email address, and then go and use the same password over there. <laughs> yeah, because that website gets hacked, and if you sign up to even a handful of websites, one of them is going to get hacked because there's just stuff getting hacked left, right, and center at the moment. Yes. So the hacker then has hopefully a hash of your password, but the chances are it's not a particularly good hash, and it's going to be reversed pretty easily. And they have your email address. The first thing they will do, I can guarantee you, is try to see if you are silly enough to use the same password for that email account. And a lot of people do. And that is bad, but it's even worse than you think. Because if you do a search on someone's mailbox, what you will find is a whole bunch of sign-up confirmations. Literally telling the bad guy every site on the internet where you have used that email address. So they just go there click the reset password button and the passwords just get emailed to them. And they basically have your entire digital life. Mm. And it was all because you used the same password on some random dumb site that you, you may have only given an account because you want to write a comment, you know, you suck in the comment section or something. And well, if that's all you did, then you deserve it. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have mentioned the concept to Alison that they're called uh, cyber Darwinism. <laughs> where if you act dumb online, your online persona will get taken out of the online gene pool. Oh man! <laughs> um, yeah, uh, have you? I don't know. If, you know, you know about discus, right? I do. Yeah. And there, I go to CNN a lot and and comment on on some of the articles. And it's it's just like when you you have these these hardcore Windows and Android users going to Mac sites and basically just going and saying Mac suck and then running away. Yeah. You know, you've got the same kind of mentality in almost any topic you could possibly imagine that might come up on CNN, including Macs and, and iOS. And yeah. the whole time you're just sitting there thinking, you know, shaking your head going, will you please, please just make this person go away because they're so, so stupid. And and you know that most of them are just trolls. I have to say that what I generally do on the Internet is avoid the comment threads. Hmm. You know, that goes, that goes particularly in places like YouTube, which is oh. awful, that kind of thing. Yeah, or Reddit. 
I just I read the article and I carry on with my life. Or do you, um, I don't know. Did you ever spend any time on Dig? I didn't. Um, I, I sort of skipped that one. I, Back when it was good. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm sort of. I've always been an RSS person. I sort of wanted. I want to pick and choose the news that's going to come to me, and then I'll sift through that. Right. Right. Well, I, I used to spend a lot of time on Dig, and unfortunately, uh, the habit got broken. Not because of of any you know force of will on my side. But they they changed the site and made it unusable, at least for me. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's you gone. Yeah, that was I, me gone. I'm going to take a tangent. I'm going to take a leaf out of your book and do a tangent, right? Sure. I'm going to do an entirely self-serving tangent. Sure. So you mentioned the concept of having big, long, random passwords. Yes. And there's something to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for that from the point of view of it's very secure. But there's. A bit of a downside to that security when you eventually come to having to type it in for some reason because you're not on your own computer and one password or last pass can't fill it in for you. You probably have your iPhone with you and you can go into one password on your iPhone and read the password. But that doesn't type it for you. No. That's a problem. And for that reason, another approach you can take is don't you know, obviously random is still going to be in there, right? But don't take random letters. Take random words and make up for the fact that you're using a dictionary by adding a metric excrement ton of length. Because if you take four six to eight character words, separate them with some punctuation marks of some description, throw a few digits at the front, a few digits at the end, and maybe pad it with five equal signs each side. You have something that's easy to say and easy to remember. But at this stage, you're probably talking 20 to 30 characters. That's many ages of the universe secure. (laughs) But it's a lot easier for you to ever have to read over the phone to someone or type in if you have to than even a 12 character piece of random glop. Yeah, I know my wife um, uh, will will put something like, yeah, and she'll kind of change the spelling of the words like my guinea pig loves me, you know, or something along those lines and throw in some random numbers or whatever as she's going along. Now, the, the, the fantastic <coughs> web Sorry, comic XKCD oh, did, a, did, did a, a sort of a skit on this. Uh, Correct Horse Battery Staple was, was the name of the episode. And around about the same time, um, Steve Gibson had this concept of Password Haystacks, which is a website where you can type in not your password, but the password of the same form as your password, and he will calculate how long it would take to crack given a supercomputer or, you know, there's basically a whole bunch of grades to get back. And that sort of gave me the idea, okay, if we take the correct horse battery staple approach and we, ra- we add some random padding to it, we end up with these good, strong passwords, which when you stick in the password haystacks, come out very well for themselves. And so I wrote a library for doing this in code, and I stuck a front end to that library on a website called xkpasswd.net. <laughs> okay. Which is, so passwd is the Unix command for changing your password, and xkcd, you know, you take right. xkcd, you take passwd, you mush them together, you get xkpasswd. And so you go to that site, and you can get it to generate passwords for you, and if you're the nerdy type, you can download the source code. And so what I have done is, uh, there's also instructions for how to do this on my blog, but I've set up an OS X service, which I've tied to the keystroke control x, and it will use that open source code to generate a random password and throw it in the clipboard for you. 
And so that means when I need to set up a new password in 1Password, I don't let 1Password generate. I just hit Control-X, wait a second, Control-V, or sorry, Command-V. Right. Hey, presto. And then on the occasion when I have to enter my password, you know, somewhere manually, at least it's one I can enter manually. Or one that would be easier to remember while still being secure. I don't remember many of them. Even though I have one of these gigantic mega passwords for my iTunes account, I do actually remember that one. Well, that's one, especially uh, while mobile. Uh, and unfortunately, the way Apple has iOS sandboxed, um, unless it's a website, you can't really get to it from 1Password. Well, you can you copy can, it. You can copy, yeah, go to 1Password, copy, go to wherever you need to be, paste. And I've sort of gotten into the habit that if I go to buy an app on iOS, the first thing I do is I go into 1Password and I copy my giant, big, gigantic iTunes password. Then I go to the iTunes app store uh, or, you know, or the app store on the, on the iOS device, find the app I want, hit buy, and then paste. But yeah. it took me a while to get into that habit and an awful lot of hit buy, swear a little bit, double tap the home <laughs> button, go to 1Password. <laughs> And do, and do what you should have done in the first place. Exactly. Well, you do eventually get into the habit of doing it the right way around when you've done enough, you know, random swearing. Ah, okay. Well, that was a good tangent. That kind of went off on another tangent. A tangent, a tangent, a tangent, a tangent. That's right. At some stage, we're just going to loop back in ourselves. Well, I, we should we should just do, make a podcast called the Tangent Podcast. Where the, <laughs> there is absolutely nothing in the show notes. You just start talking and you f- try to figure out, you know, how to get from point A to point B. Kind of like that that game where you tell a story to one person but whisper it to them so nobody else can hear it, and then they tell that same story to the next person, and you go all the way around in a circle, and then you hear what the story is from the last person that, that hears it. Yeah, Chinese whispers, I believe that's called. Oh, is there is there actually, oh, that, is that what it's, the game is called, or is there that's a podcast called, called when that? we were kids. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great fun because it, it's shocking. And <laughs> you've gone through ten whispers, what comes back to you? <laughs> I did not know that about that person. <laughs> anyway, um, basically, people, if uh, if if you want to be secure and you need passwords on multiple computers or from multiple browsers, the password manager in OS X Mavericks is not going to do the job that uh, Apple kind of implied that it will. And you'll need something better, which would be either 1Password or LastPass or, or some of the better well-known password managers. Did I, did I say that right? Yeah, I mean, it may work for some people. If you're a one Mac, one iPhone kind of person. Yeah. Okay, that's it. You're great. That doesn't describe nearly everyone. No, no. And I think uh, 1Password, hopefully, because I love their program, will uh, will be okay. I think they really should be. Uh, you know, they, they do a good product. I know they're working on the next version of their good product. Um, I, I believe it's at the alpha stage now, which means we have a present to look forward to in the near future. Hmm. So I, I have no doubt we're going to continue to see fantastic stuff from them. Like like new programs I do. That was a terrible <laughs> exactly. Yoda. That was just awful. You know what? Um, do, do you remember what to say to get us out of here? Or did you forget? <laughs> no, I have I have the short-term memory of um, a not very well-educated monkfish. <laughs> oh, hey, come on, now I like monkfish, especially on toast. <laughs> Everyone, please, stand by for monkfish. No, that's not it. Stand by to stand, stand by. by. And uh, we'll be right back with the last section of the show. Our 
I guess so. Why do you really guess so? Prove your geek cred. I don't need to prove myself to you. I'm the new host of the geekiest show ever. We will see about that. Don't you just hate it when droids think they have all the control and don't know their role? You know, they forget that we can turn the power off. Oh no, you can't. Oh yes, I can. Don't, please. I'll be good. That's better. Nothing worse than artificial intelligence being, well, unintelligent. Head across to iTunes and subscribe to the Geekiest Show Ever podcast, the only show truly dedicated to geekery. Forced Air Induction. <laughs> the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the third section of the MyMac.com podcast. Bart and I have been recording for about an hour and 20 minutes now, of which I'm thinking about 40 minutes so far is actual content for the show. But we've been having a really good time. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I'll share, I'll share some of it uh, after, after we log off. And, and Bart, if I could, if I could ask you a favor and, and please mm-hmm. just nod your head. Okay. Hit it. Cassie's tips. It's time for Gazzy's tip. Well, this week it's actually <laughs> it's actually Guy's sorry, tip. That ending is quite funny. Uh, well, that was actually we didn't record that that whole thing. Now, uh, Gas have been doing uh, a tip per show for I think like ten or fifteen shows, yeah. and one of our listeners, Nick Hall, and I always I always like giving him credit because it's it's just brilliant. Uh, came up with. Uh, basically taking some snippets of Gaz and I talking and created that theme. And we liked it so much that we have used it every single week since then. And we requested that he make a closing one, which he did as well. And you'll hear that in just a little bit. Um, I'm impressed. Oh, it's Nicole. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Well, my tip this week is, uh, did you know, Bart, I'm, you, know, you probably do, that in iTunes 11, there's a new classification under movies. It's called, oh, it's called Home Movies, and it's the perfect place to keep those birthday or other movies you created apart from your purchased or otherwise obtained video content. Also, huh. you can navigate to all of your different content without ever touching that potentially germ-laden mouse. And the way that works is uh, if you don't have the the sideboard, which you can very easily put on to iTunes if you miss it, uh, you can navigate with the keyboard. Command one is music, two is movies, three is TV shows, four is podcasts, five is iTunes U, six is books, and seven is apps. And you can do all that without ever touching that mouse. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty cool. Although, isn't the keyboard just as germ-laden? Possibly. Possibly, but so not a hygiene tip, but definitely a useful tip. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tip that probably won't keep you from getting sick if people are like sneezing all over your mouse and keyboard. But usually, it's you sneezing over your own mouse and keyboard. So <laughs> by that time, it's too late anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already got whatever you've got. <laughs> I'm a big fan of keyboard shortcuts and and of uh, keyboard cleansers. They're all, they're important too. Yeah, Although, they are. Actually, 
one of the most annoying things that happened to me at work is one day the cleaning lady didn't bother to move my keyboard when spraying the you know wood polishy stuff on the desk. That doesn't clean a keyboard. That turns the keyboard into a goo magnet, <laughs> like flypaper for goo. It, it was. It looked like I was a slob. Did you uh, did you run after her after that? No, because unfortunately, well, perhaps fortunately, their shift doesn't overlap with ours. Ah, but if you had, this is what it would have sounded like. Or something like that. Something like that with some sort of smashy noise at the end. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I think I've got one of those too. Hold on. Where is it? Um, oh. Uh, no, that's not it. Okay, well, I can't Hello. find it. That'll, that'll work. Anyway. No, actually, um, do you know what I discovered at the end of this anecdote? Sure. Diet Coke cleans Apple keyboards. And it didn't kill mine, but it did clean it, because I accidentally threw a can of Diet Coke over it, and it took off the goo, and my keyboard still works. And it didn't remove uh, anything the that letters, basically yeah. told you what the letters were? All no, right. no, all that's still there. It, it's And I was expecting to be, you know, you know, it'll clean my keyboard in the sense that I'll buy a new one. But no, it still works. Okay, would you uh, would you nod your head one more time, please? Okay. Hit it. That's the end of gases and tips. That's Most the end of gases and tips. That's the end of gases and tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gases tips. Yes, that was all pre-recorded stuff that he managed to to pull out from the mighty MyMac.com podcast and, and give us an opening and closing theme. So, so funny. Uh, Bart, do you have an app pick for us this week? I do, and you said I could be as nerdy as I like. You so can I took you be up on it. as nerdy as you wish. What, you know, there's lots of great things about the Mac, um, but one of the bizarre sort of shortcomings for a long time was that I couldn't find a good MySQL client, and I spend a lot of time poking at databasey stuff, and I want a nice client, and most of them were Java apps ported crudely to the Mac, or you know Linuxy stuff that wasn't brought over using all the shiny Cocoa goodness, and I never liked any of them until I came across a Donationware client called SQL Pro which is a native OS X Cocoa app that behaves just like you expect a Mac app to do with a full Mac-style interface, even those really powerful nerdy stuff like SSH tunneling to connect to your server without having to open up ports on the firewall or use minus L flags from the terminal on SSH commands. It just does it all for you, and it's donationware. So it's free. If you use it and like it, I would ask that you donate, but uh, it's free. So I did donate. I use it every single day, and I absolutely adore it. And it has a cute icon, which is like, you know the way a database server icon is like what looks like a stack of pancakes? Well, they made theirs into a stack of pancakes with butter melting over the top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's cute. It looks like a little plate of pan- you know, database pancakes. It's, no, it's a lovely little app, so SQL Pro. Well, mine, mine isn't quite as nerdy. As a matter of fact, compared to yours, mine's kind of... It's called... It's called Store News. I think I've even talked about it before, which really makes me. And it's by Christian Kienel, K-I-E-N-L-E. I have no idea how to pronounce it. And it's free at the Mac App Store. It'll basically let you know. Uh, and it's not just for the Mac App Store. It's also for the iOS App Store. Uh, it'll let you know about uh, apps that have suddenly been changed to free or heavily discounted, or if there's specials or anything along those lines. It's a nice little app for you to uh, kind of keep track of, of what's going on in the App Store if there's something in particular that you're looking for. 
Oh, cool. So if you have this sort of thought in your head, I think I'd like that app, but I have a feeling they might do a sale on it. I might wait for it. So perfect. Yep. Um, don't know if SQL Pro is on there, though. Uh, well, <laughs> the free app. So how do you go cheaper than free? Uh, they pay you. No. I have, have you found software of this kind? Because I could I, do with some of that. Yeah, I could use a lot of that kind of software. Uh, we, we, we don't have a people's pick this week. Uh, go on over to G+, please. All of you G plus crazy people, give us some apps that, that you like and we'll talk about here on the show. Uh, nothing worth worth talking about going on at Facebook. We're still, as far as I know, we're still at 131 likes. I just don't look at it often enough. Uh, please, please, if you get chance, go on over to iTunes and do a review. And if you do do a review, do, 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 then I will send you something that very, very few people in the Western world have ever had access to. And Bart will be receiving one of these for being on the show. It's called, I got one for commenting too. I sent you, oh, did you? you a bunch of binary code when someone, oh, someone that's right. That's code right. Because, so you've gotten, you've gotten a Woody and, and I'm I sure have a Woody and it's lovely. I'm sure and, it's in a place of honor. Yeah. Gaz was, was bragging on IMP about how fantastic your listeners are and how they wrote a comment for him in Morse code. And it was hilarious. Yeah, And so while he was talking, I went over, stuck some text into a binary converter and threw a binary comment onto your stream. Yeah, somebody once sent us a, a, a comment in German in the U.S. iTunes store. And, uh, I, you know, it was, it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, uh, okay, how did you do that? You know, Thank I, you shouldn't. <laughs> I think this was before uh, Google Translate, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I got into a conversation one time with uh, a guy on G+, and we went back and forth in a couple of different uh, uh, digital languages, and somehow we ended up speaking Klingon to one another. <laughs> Not sure well, how course. that happened. Yeah. Um, but if you do leave a comment in iTunes, uh, you will get a Woody, and it, it's so worth it, and it's so wonderful that you'll want to miniaturize it and put it on a plastic card and show it to all of your friends who will have no idea what it is. But if you do send a iTunes review in, uh, you'll need to let me know what your email address is. Now, I know there's at least two out there that we have received that I don't have a, a current email address for. So if you get the chance, whoever wrote those reviews in iTunes... Please, please, please send me your email address so that I can send you your your wonderful Woody. And if you uh, if you would like to know what it is that that you need to send it to, in other words, my email address, that would be guy at mymac.com, or you can contact me as well on the uh, the Twitters at twitter.com forward slash macparrot. Okay, see, I. I had to do that myself because Gaz isn't here. Ah, that's his part, right? <laughs> yes. And, and I was not suitably warned, so I haven't been able to substitute. That's that's fine. That's fine. And if you'd like to contact Gaz, he's at uh, Gaz, G-A-Z, at MyMac.com. And you can also find him on the Twitters at Twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz, G-A-Z, M-A-Z, Z-Z. And we have a combined Twitter account. We are just Twitterific over here at the MyMac.com podcast. And that one is Guy and Gaz, G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. Uh, we also have uh, a feedback 
email address that's associated with the MyMac.com, the mighty MyMac.com website, and you can send that to feedback at MyMac.com. And by God, Bart, did you know that there is one other way that our fabulous listeners can get a hold of us? Did you know that? Carrier Pigeon? Uh, well, we're working on that one still, but it's kind of hard to digitize them. Uh, we have a we have a Skype telephone. You, you know, you can tie a little USB stick around the little neck. <laughs> That's true. Except, you know, it's like I, we we like to save them for coconuts. Another money, <laughs> another Monty Python reference. Uh, which, which kind of <laughs> swallow is that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we have we have a Skype telephone number. If you're trying to call us outside of the United States, make sure you put a plus one. Otherwise, it's area code 703-436-9501. That number again, Bart, is... 703-436-9501. Yes, and how can people get a hold of you if you actually wanted them to after listening to this show? Should they still be interested in such things? (laughs) Uh, Because I have a surname no one can spell, and that's used in all of my handles, the easiest thing to do is to go to my website, which is bartb.ie. And then there's links to everything from there. Oh, that's wonderful. That does make it a lot easier. Because I tell you something, I can just, over the phone, Bravo, Uniform, Sierra, Sierra, Charlie Hotel, Oscar Tango, Sierra. Uh, uh, B-U-S-S-C-H-O-T-S. Golf Minor Hotel. I don't know. I'll tell you something, work in IT for a while, you'll know your phonetic alphabet like the back of your hand. Okay, well, we are at just about the end of the show. I, I know, I know, it's it's impossible to believe that something this good has to come to an end. Um, yeah. So, but I would like to thank everyone for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You have no idea how much we appreciate it. We're not, we're absolutely not sure of why you do so, but we do appreciate it that you do do so. And Bart, thank you so very, very much. For, for keeping the UK thing going on and coming on when gas couldn't be, sorry, the um, well, transatlantic, the transatlantic connection. connection. Yeah, yes, no, I almost said pleasure. something equally offensive by saying that the accent is similar, but I know that that would just make a lot of people in the UK and Ireland and other I was places. Say, in- who'd be crankier about that? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Not sure. It's not sure. Well, it's it's well. The same thing happens if you tell someone from Australia. Oh yeah, you sound like you're from the UK. You know, it's like. Yeah, no. Tell them they sound like a New Zealander. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, best to be done only over Skype. I mean, you guys all sound Canadian to me. Yeah. What? What? That's it. You're, you have a sound effect for whoosh. <laughs> you're you're dead to me now. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Here we go. There we go. Uh, I know. I got some other good ones here. Ah, let's see. Golly, 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 golly. No, that's not it. Ah, no. <laughs> I sound vicious. No, that doesn't work. No, now I sound nuts. <laughs> All right, that's enough laughing. Anyway, uh, uh, I think, you know what, Bart? I think that, that this is the best show that I have ever done and that I'm good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And if, if you could read that very last word. Wait, 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 end? Wait, no, there's another last word? That was it. Okay. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can also find other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Not Another Mac Podcast, the Mac Specialist Podcast, 
geekiest show ever, the TeacherCast podcast, the Apple Junkies podcast, and the all-new App Minute podcast. Yeah, make sure when you're on Allison's show that you mention our show today. We just gave. Well, that's good because I'm recording with Allison in two and a half hours. Yeah, because we just gave her a big plug on this show. Yeah, we we got to plug her back. Wait a (laughs) second. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, yeah. It was, I don't, I don't know how myself. Steve would feel about that. If for some reason, the only the only sort of I don't know when we think of of old American cartoons to educate people, the only thing that ever comes to my mind is a turtle hiding away from a nuclear bomb under a wooden table. Oh, 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 oh! Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that when I was a kid. It's like it's like oh yeah let's 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 play duck and cover because that'll sure save you from a fifty megaton <laughs> nuclear blast. I'm behind this wooden, this wooden desk. desk. Perfect. <laughs> Breakfast. It's because no hotel can give you the level of care you get no, in No, no. Well, that's kind of the, what my wife and I did in our honeymoon, except over in the UK. Yeah, same idea. It's the same yeah, culture. Yeah, she's she's really into uh, history as well. And had, ah, well, then had, the British Isles are fantastic. Well, she'd never been overseas other than like Jamaica or uh, the Bahamas. So I figured, okay, well, you want you know. We can always go to the beach, but let's do something that, that you'll like to do having to do with history. And I figured the two good places to go in Europe was either going to be Athens, Greece, or Ooh. London, or and the UK. And we chose I chose London because I figured, okay, well, at least we have somewhat of a common language. You know, we, in theory, anyway. In theory, yeah. right, right, right. You know, I, it, it, it's kind of like somebody from from Spain and Portugal trying to talk to one another. You know, it, it's kind of the same, but not quite. Yeah, a couple of extra vowels here and there. Yeah, yeah definitely col- different col- color lore. I, I don't get that. An al- aluminium. I have enough trouble saying aluminum, and now I have to say it alum. Alu- uh, yeah, that extra sort of syllable in there just for the crack is is a bit odd. Yeah, well, I thought wasn't isn't aluminum like an American thing? Wasn't that created in Amer- in the states or the colonies or you know, whatever they call I'm it? I'm not there? sure who first managed to isolate aluminum. It's, well, whoever did should have the rights to name it. That's what everybody else should call it. You know, what, if it was made, me. if it was made in the UK, great. Let's all call it aluminium. Okay. If it was made in the states, everybody call it aluminum. All right. Why does it have to be so complicated? Oh. Though, actually, this is the very first time I drove on the uh, the left side of the road, or the wrong side, as we call the it. wrong side. Yes. Uh, I was in I was in Cyprus, which which uses British rules, but oddly enough, and that was on the the uh, the Greek side of yeah. Cyprus. But the Greeks don't, you know. But could you imagine they drive on the meeting right. a line in the middle of the island and suddenly having to swerve to the other side of the road? <laughs> well, fortunately, the Greeks and the Turk side of those islands don't get along too well. So I suppose, yeah, that it doesn't really become that. a problem. But uh, I was I was driving from. Um, Nicosia down to uh, Larnaca uh, on the coast, and uh, these, these it's just these little two lane roads. And I was in this Mazda, and I went and I made a uh, a right hand turn, which is kind of the equivalent of like a left hand turn here in the states, with as yeah. far as wh- how you get there. And without even thinking about it, I uh, I got onto the right side of the road, and this is a two lane road. Easy to do. Yeah, and I'm just driving. Unfortunately, there was nobody around, and I'm just driving along, and this guy passed me. On the left-hand side, looking at me as he drove by, like, 
what the hell are you doing? What is wrong with you? And it was after he passed, it was like, oh, I'm on the wrong side of the road. Zip. So right over well, I went. I think the most dangerous thing to do is to have the steering wheel be on the not appropriate side. Mm-hmm. Because that a, it really, really doubles your chances of, of when you pull out of somewhere, having stopped and you start up again, you are going to sit in such a way that the steering wheel ends up in the middle of the road, almost certainly. Yeah. Which, if your car is the wrong way around, means you're going onto the wrong side of the road. Yes. But it also means that you can't see a bloody thing when you have to pass someone. No, you can't, because there's just which, which nothing led there. led to a spectacularly scary incident when we were first coming to Ireland to check it out. Um, Dad was driving, and Mum was in the what should have been the driver's seat, but son's steering wheel. And we were behind a very large tractor, which is completely blocking Dad's view. And so Dad said, "Can you? Is, is there anything coming?" To which my mum replied, "I can't see anything." <laughs> now that's an ambiguous term. Dad interpreted that as, "Okay, then." Put There's out. nothing there, right? Yeah. What mum actually meant was, there's a big corner here and I can't see a bloody thing. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> now, we got away with it, but it was a hairy moment because oh. as soon as dad pulled out and realized we were in the middle of a tight turn, he was like, oh, sh-. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was, um, oh, where was it? I was in, um, I was driving in the UK, actually on, on our honeymoon, and I came up to this light and I needed to go right, which again, you have to cross the other side to make the right hand turn. And as I was at this light, there was like this bank of road signs in front of me. There had to be like 12 of them. And this is in London. And half of them, I'm like, does that even mean, you know, I, I, I I can't even, I can't even determine what half these signs mean. And I have my right hand turn signal on and the car behind me is beeping. And it was like, lane or something. Well, no, I was in the correct lane, but what I, one of the signs that I didn't understand was saying no right turn. Yeah. And the person behind me was a policeman. Oops. So yeah, he was beeping saying, don't do that. And of course, you know, I can't see the sign and I'm sitting there going, what the (laughs) is your problem? Why are you beeping at me? And I made the right hand turn anyway, at which point he turns on his lights and, you know, immediately pulls me over. And he came up to the car and I gave him, you know, my international driver's license and Virginia driver's license and all that stuff. And, uh, and he was like, well, didn't you see the sign? And I said, officer, I saw about 20 signs. You know, I didn't understand most of them. And he was just kind of like, okay, well, that one right a... there means you can't make a right hand turn. It was like, okay, good oh, to okay. know. Thank you, sir. But he didn't, he didn't give me a ticket. In Ireland, we have, well, we have, we have sort of two problems. First of all, there just may not be any. <laughs> which yeah. is certainly an interesting experience. Yeah. So you you come to a junction in the middle of nowhere. It's very pretty and scenic, uh, but you have no idea whether you should go left or right here. Uh, but the other one we have is these bizarrely ambiguous signs. Um, there, there was one, I believe it's in Wexford, which says, all routes right, all other routes left. <laughs> what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> So you're going to go right unless you need to go left. Yeah, obviously. Can't you tell? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, we get a lot of very confused tourists because we don't number our roads around these parts. So you can't say to someone something sensible like you take I whatever to exit five, at which point you take bloody blah to exit ten. No, you say things like, well, you take you follow the signs for Donegal, but when you get to Moy Glass, 
you need to start following for letter Kenny. And then when you get to the junction with the big tree and the cows, now you'll recognize it. Then you turn right. One of the cows has a big brown spot on the left-hand side that you can only see when the sun is at a three o'clock angle. Or the, ah. the other classic one is, it's a Thursday, so I think Farmer and Joe's cows will be in that field, so you should be okay. <laughs> but that won't work on a Friday, because he puts them in the other field. Uh, I was in uh, Israel, and it was so expensive. We were working in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, but it was so expensive to stay in Jerusalem that we just stayed in Tel Aviv, and it was cheaper for us to rent a car. Right. So um, we get to the airport, and we go up to the Avis counter. And he says, oh, you work for the State Department. And I was like, yeah. He says, oh, well, you get a discount. He says, he says do you have uh, AAA? I said, yeah. He says, oh, you get another discount. And basically, you know, long story short, with all these different discounts for the same price as we would have paid for like a four-door Opal, we had yeah. a BMW 525i. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So we're driving back and forth up, up and down Highway 1, which is kind of the interstate between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. And the speed limit is not 90 kilometers per hour. So and about 60 miles an hour, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same, same as it was in the States at the time. And we were coming back from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv, and I was doing about 140. I mean, I was really flying. Was that miles or kilometers? Kilometers. kilometers. Okay, so you're not entirely reckless. No, no. Well, it was still probably 90-plus miles per hour, whatever 140 is. 140 is about that, yeah. Okay, and I look off into the distance on the opposite side, and I see this Ford Sierra, which is what Israel was using as their patrol cars at the time. But yeah, I didn't see any lights on planet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I took my foot off the gas, but I was still doing about 110, 115 when he got close enough for me to see, yes, that is a policeman. And he, he came around and this <laughs> I was traveling with when he realized we were going to be pulled over. He just kind of looked at me, closed his eyes and says, I'm going to pretend like I'm asleep. You deal with this. And I'm like, you, oh, lovely. you, you know, anyway. So by the time the, 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 the policeman got up to the counter or to the, the window, uh, I handed him my international driver's license, my regular driver's license, my embassy ID card, uh, my passport, you know, my rental car agreement, basically this like, like the paperwork. Yeah. Six inch stack of paper, you know, but the only one that really drew his eyes to was the, was the U S embassy ID card. Yeah. And he kind of looked at it and looked at me and gave all this stuff back to me. And he says, um, what is the speed limit in the United States? And as soon as he said that, I said, okay, I know how to handle this. Act really, really stupid. And believe <laughs> it or not, I do this really well. So um, when he asked me that, I said, oh, well, it's it's 55 miles an hour, sir. And he says, no, no, no. In kilometers, and I gave put this blank look on my face. It's like I uh, I don't know. And he says, "Well, for your information, sir, it is ninety kilometers per hour." And I told, I looked at him, and I said, "Well, I, I hadn't seen any speed limit signs." And it just so happened, right where I pulled off the road, and now their speed limit signs was the round circle with a black border and yeah. and a nine zero in it. Yeah. And I'm right in front of one of these signs, and I've just told it's him right here. that I hadn't seen any speed limit signs, and he just, his jaw dropped, and he points to the sign, and he's like, what What do you think that is right there? And I looked up and kind of gave it a look for a second, and I said, oh, I thought that meant this was Highway 90, and he immediately <laughs> put his hand to his forehead with his eyes closed and said, if you wish 
to continue. You're obviously doing everything he can to control himself. If you wish to continue to drive in this country, you must learn what the signs mean. And I knew I wasn't going to get a ticket at this point. So I'm just giving him the yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he was just like, they finally, he was just like, just go, just go. Go away from me now. I, I no. have a gun and I am not afraid to use it. Go away now. But he didn't in say Ireland, that. we had this thing, right? Now, only in Ireland. So we joined the European Union. Right. And that meant we were slowly going to standardize. So we'd been very British, pounds and ounces and all that kind of stuff. Sure. For our weights and, you know, feet and inches for our lengths and miles an hour for our road signs. Right. And we decided to change the road signs not in one go but in two. And the gap between them was about 20 years. <laughs> so we started oh, writing distances, as in it is, you are so many miles from Dublin, in kilometers. But we didn't change the speed limit signs from oh, no. miles an hour. So it would be 120 kilometers to Dublin, and the sign next to it would be 60 miles an hour as the speed limit. The amount of very confused tourists who were crawling along at 60 kilometers an hour on our highways was quite impressive because it says Dublin 100 km and then a big circle with a number without any sort of unit next to it. What kind of country would use different units for distance and speed? At the same time. Ireland. At the same time. Yeah, for literally 20 years. (laughs) Although one of my favorite road signs is there's a place... There's a little island off the coast of Donegal that's connected by a causeway, and it's called An Inch, which is written as An Inch. And there's actually a road sign that says An Inch, arrow, one mile. (laughs) This is one of my current favorite ones when I'm talking about when I do something stupid. I do like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Bronk. That's all they call it. Sounds like an anvil or something coming down. Uh, let's see. That's me pulling a USB cable out of my computer. Am I the only person who it takes three goes to put a USB cable in? No, no, it happens. I've I've gone four or five where he's like, God damn it. I know this, <laughs> this, this freaking thing goes in here somehow. There's only two directions it could be, and yet somehow it takes me three attempts. Well, you can, you, can, you can also... You know, running over, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I'm like close to 300 pounds, so if I'm in a rolly chair and I actually run over something, oh, that, it knows it. Well, I guess I have smushy carpets, which cushion the... <laughs> okay, so you've got, let me let's see if I got this right. You've got smushy carpets with rolly chairs that you've destroyed 30-pin connectors with. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And other things, too, but yeah. <laughs> oh, this... I, I love I love people's descriptions of like the, the everyday things and you know I mean and it's always like okay there, there's actual proper names for all these things but you know people are like I can't be bothered to learn that that you know my carpet is an azure <laughs> blue that has you know three hundred threads per inch and you know it's made by you know carpetsareus.com you know it's I, the I smushy really- carpet. I got very cranky yesterday. I had to go buy what apparently are called cable clips in the wor- in the world of working people. So the nice man in the shop told me. Okay. So because so I I'm also upgrading the house to Cat Six because you I want to be able to go quicker. Right. Um, and so I went into. It took me ages in this stupid village to find someone that sells them, but I found the wee place that sells 
paint and things for doing home decoration. So I went and I said, do you have any of those nails with the little white hooky things for cables? <laughs> right? Okay. And he actually said to me, oh, you mean cable clips. That's what we call them in the working world. <laughs> and then at that point, you're like, yeah, you're like, you're like, you know, I was going to buy them from this store. But now that I know what they're called, I'll go across the street. Thanks. Appreciate that. The problem that. is he was literally the last store in town I tried. Oh, really? If I had had any other option, I would have turned on my heel. <laughs> but unfortunately, the man is the sole proprietor of such contraptions. Of, of hooky white things that hold yeah. cables. I thought, Jesus, you arrogant. <laughs> as, he, as he went to type it up on the computer, I went, I bet you can't describe a single part of that properly, can you? <laughs> well, he just knows it by the part number. And w- oh, sorry. <clears throat> oh, my God. Ah! Good. Ah, that's the nice thing about not doing a show live. Just screw up the first time, you can just start over again. 